Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 27, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord The thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble come. When troubles come, he will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. My heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. All of Psalm 27. Thank you, Lord, for the power, the wisdom, the grace, the strength that rests upon your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to come to you in prayer every single day knowing that as you guide us to pray according to your word and your spirit, that we will more and more pray successfully and fruitfully every single day. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to walk with you in prayer each and every day. Anoint us all afresh with the spirit of prayer, praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Empower us to be believers that live a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of worship and thanksgiving today and every day. More and more in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and we do appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Uh, once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And on an ongoing basis, we're continually encouraging you to email us to get copies of articles we share. And, you know, one of the goals behind that is the fact is, Discipleship is a much more critical part of every life, the life of every believer 
whether we understand that or not. It's a critical part of our lives because the Lord Jesus is the most important person in all of life. And our relationship to him is a critical part of life as well. It should be the high priority. Jesus and our relationship to him should be the high priority of our lives. And so discipleship has to do with us knowing him and walking with him and following him. And so we all can use a lot of help when it comes to praying more effectively. We all can use a lot of help when it comes to discipleship and following the Lord more passionately and faithfully as well. And so the articles are meant to be tools for you to email us so that you can get them in your hands to use them whenever you personally need them, but also tools from which you can draw wisdom and grace to share and encourage your family in their walk with the Lord. And then also additionally tools that you can pass on to others because the reality is our brothers and sisters in Christ can use a lot of help when it comes to discipleship and prayer as well. Uh, your fellow church members, extended family members as well, and obviously uh, saved and unsaved individuals as well. And so our hope is that you'll diligently use them for your own walk with the Lord, diligently use them for discipling your family, and that you'll diligently share them with others, again, by way of email and sometimes sharing hard copies. That's our ongoing encouragement. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker, and it's a privilege always. You know, we do pretty regularly. People are emailing us to get copies of the articles, and we're glad to do that because each one is meant to be a tool to really help you, to really strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. Well, today we're specifically looking at the topic, Teach My Hands to War. Again, that's Teach My Hands to War. And we're drawing that phrase from Psalm 144. And um, specifically in the King James Version, I think that's the terminology it uses. We're actually going to be reading from the New Living Translation. But I want you to keep in mind, the reality is spiritual warfare is a critical part of all of our lives. It's something we experience every day. Each member of our families experience it. And we walk in it as much as we wish we didn't. The reality is life is full of spiritual warfare. But not, there's no reason to despair. The Lord Jesus told us, um, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so he is the one that teaches us how to be effective warriors on the battlefield of life. And so it's critical that we understand, yes, every believer is called to do and to be just that. But remember, the Lord Jesus is able to equip us so that daily we can walk in his victory and is in his strength. Psalm 144, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. He makes the nations submit to me. O Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? Mere mortals that you should think about them. For they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they will billow, so, excuse me, touch the mountains so they billow smoke. Hurl your lightning bolts and scatter your enemies. Shoot your arrows and confuse them. Reach down from heaven and rescue me. 
Rescue me from deep waters, from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. I will sing a new song to you, O God. I will sing your praises with a ten-stringed harp. For you, for you grant victory to kings. You rescued your servant David from the fatal sword. Save me. Rescue me from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. May our daughters be like graceful pillars carved to beautify a palace. May our barns be filled with crops of every kind. May the flocks in our fields multiply by the thousands, even tens of thousands. And may our oxen be loaded down with produce. May there be no enemy breaking through our walls, no going into captivity, no cries of alarm in our town squares. Yes, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. All of Psalm 144. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for the grace and, and the power, the strength that rests upon your word. Father, more and more we ask that you would do that. More and more teach our hands to war. Help us to become skillful when it comes to putting the weapons of our warfare to work every day the way you would have us to in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, that you are our strength. You are our song. You are our help. You are our shield. And uh, and we simply, it's our job to take the weaponry you've made available to us, uh, the weapons of our warfare, and put them to work every day. Thank you for that opportunity, Lord. Help us to be diligent and passionate to do that according to your word your and your wisdom. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, our, our topic for today is teach my hands to war. Again, drawing that um, phrase from Psalm 144. Now, in the past, on a number of occasions, we've shared that there are at least seven ways you can use God's Word every single day. You can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, pray it, obey it, and meditate on it. Now, why is that important to know? Well, keep in mind, amongst other things, the Word of God lets us know in Ephesians chapter 6 that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And so the most powerful weapon in life and in the universe is, of course, the Word of God. And remember, of course, the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. And so as we put the Word of God to work in our lives, then we're wise to do that on a consistent basis Knowing that, again, remember this. John chapter 10, verse 10 tells us, The thief comes not before to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and then they might have it more abundantly. The, that verse, John chapter 10, verse 10, contains for us the devil's job description. That's what he's here to do. He's here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the reality is the Word of God is a weapon that can help shut him down in every situation and in every circumstance. So our job is to put the Word of God to work diligently and very effectively and a lot in our lives. Remember, there's no such thing as getting into God's Word too much. You know, we pretty regularly challenge believers to set a goal to reading at least three chapters in their Bible every single day. Well, keep in mind, 
Um, that's a good basic goal, but my hope is that every single listener will decide, well, three chapters is not enough for me. What a wise decision to make. Reason being is because the fact is, yes, three chapters is a good basic spiritual meal and a goal to shoot for. But remember this, the Word of God is a bottle of grace. And it's as if every day God's question to you is, how much do you want? The more you get into the Word of God, the more the grace of God pours from God's powerful Word into your heart, your mind, your life. You need it. I need it. We all need it. So getting into God's Word is so productive every day. It blesses us in ways we don't fully comprehend. So getting into the Word of God every day and utilizing it for the weapon that it is every day is very important, very wise. Speaking the promises of God every day is very wise as well. In Ephesians chapter 6, a very familiar passage we refer to often, picking up at verse 10, and keep in mind, again, remember, this is wisdom and insight for us all. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will, be, you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We'll pick up on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. As today, we're looking at the topic, Teach My Hands to War. Phrase drawing from Psalm 144. We'll be right back. Change. 
So you became the change in me And now I live to tell the story Of the God who rescues The music of Casting Crowns with Love Moved First. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Teach My Hands to War, a phrase drawing from Psalm 144. And keep in mind, as believers, we're wise to allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to prepare us and equip us daily to step out onto the battlefield of life. You know, getting into the Word of God early in the morning and spending time in prayer early in the morning as you begin your day is so important and so wise. Because remember, obviously, it really takes the Word of God and the Spirit of God to prepare us. And as we spend time in the Word of God and in prayer, we're allowing God access to do the preparing that we need to have to happen in and upon our lives. Picking up again, Ephesians chapter 6, we'll just begin once again. Chapter 6, once again, starting at verse 10. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places therefore put on every piece of god's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle you will still be standing firm stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of god's righteousness for shoes Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Verses 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. I want to encourage every single listener, read that passage often. Again, every single listener, make it your goal to read it often. Why is that important? Because it talks about how we put on the full armor of God, what the full armor of God consists of, and allowing it to help prepare us to do just that, to put on the full armor of God every single day. Now, why would God encourage, why would he tell us to put on the full armor of God every day because we need it. The fact is we need it. Note the specifics of what God is saying there. God is saying to us to be strong in him and in his mighty power. He doesn't tell us to be strong in just ourselves. He's telling us be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he commands us to put on all of God's armor so that we'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Are you aware of the fact that the devil 
literally has seasons of planning and strategizing to stop us, to hurt us, to come against us, to trip us up, to steal from us, to destroy us if he can. The devil studies on ways to come against us. Now, that's not to, me, that's not to cause us to be fearful because the Word of God lets us know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But it is important that we're aware of our enemy. The Word of God tells us to not be unaware of his devices. In other words, what he's up to, the things he uses against us. The Bible lets us know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. One more, one of the many reasons why we should read and meditate on the Word of God is because God's Word is the knowledge of God, and we need the knowledge of God to be successful disciples and warriors in the world. And the fact is, a lack of knowledge can cause also, a lack of knowledge of God and His Word can cause all kinds of problems. It can cause us to miss out on many blessings and, and cause us just literally to be tripped up in life. So, Getting into God's Word every day is an extremely important battle strategy every day for every single one of us. So if you feel like you're too busy to read your Bible, that means you need to quit something else because time in God's Word should be a top priority for every believer. It should be a top priority for every believer. Verse 10 of Ephesians 6 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It's talking about demons and demonic forces at work, armies of demons that come against us. Now, again, none of this is meant to discourage you because remember this, God's word clearly lets us know the Lord is our light now, our salvation Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the strength of our life. Of whom should we be afraid? We don't have to be afraid of Satan and his armies of demons. And, of course, obviously, the angels of God are more powerful than the demons of the dark world. But the reality is how much the devil and demonic forces can do has a lot to do with how much we, as the people of God, allow them to do. Because, again, often the devil may not even have full access to the life of many believers because they are walking with God and they're protected by the grace of God and the Spirit of God in so many ways and in so many regards. But on the other hand, we live in a world where many people give themselves to the devil as a lifestyle. They live in the kingdom of darkness, and that's where they function. Therefore, they're the victims of the kingdoms uh, of the armies of darkness and demonic hordes because that's who they give themselves to. But now, when believers are not following God like they should be, and when we trip up or we allow ourselves to become weak and begin to neglect our walk with God, then we allow the enemy room to come in and come against us in so many ways. Remember this, when we are in obedience to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, Obedience puts us on offense in the kingdom of God. On the other hand, when believers are disobedient or negligent or just not doing what we're supposed to be doing as in seeking first the kingdom of God, that often often leads us spiritually to be simply on defense, trying to survive, trying to get by. The fact is we're to be on offense all the time. Spiritually speaking in the kingdom of God, we're to be on offense all the time. And remember, obedience keeps you on offense in the kingdom of God. So how important it is that we're studying the Word of God and living it every single day, every single day. I want to share with you an article that we've shared before, but it it bears repeating. The title is, the article is entitled, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword. 
again, a skilled warrior and his sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Again, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Then Ephesians 6, verses 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Again, Ephesians 6, 17 through 18. Then 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 50 through 51. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. 1 Samuel 17, verses 50 and 51. Every disciple of Jesus Christ would be wise to strive to become a kingdom warrior. A kingdom warrior is a disciple of Christ who skillfully puts the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, to work in his or her life every day. We live in a world where all people everywhere are facing intense spiritual warfare every day in our lives. We face it at home, at school, at work, in public, everywhere. We see it in the news about our government, in our culture, and all across the world. And if people say that they don't want to be involved in spiritual warfare sometimes, and what if they a given per, what if a given person says that they don't want to have anything to do with spiritual warfare? None of us have a choice in the matter. Like civilians who happen to live in a war-torn land, war has come to us, like it or not. Since we have no choice but to face spiritual warfare in our lives, then let's face it head on. We can live like civilians and just be the victims of the killing, the abuse, the problems, and the difficulties of war. Or we can choose to become well-equipped soldiers and warriors who are, who are trained for spiritual warfare. Hopefully, all believers want to become warriors in God's kingdom. With God as the supreme authority, who wouldn't want to follow him into battle? The most powerful weapon in the world is the Word of God. And here are seven ways that we can put the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, to work in our lives and in our world. And as we do, we can become mighty men and women of God who know how to win battles in life. Here are seven ways to use the Word of God every single day. We can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, obey it, pray it, and meditate on it. All of these uses are related, but none of them are quite the same. You can read the Word of God, but not hear it. You can hear the Word of God, but not choose to obey it. You can believe the Word of God, but not pray it. The written Word of God is a book of faith. From Genesis to Revelation, we are called to hear, believe, and obey the Word of God. If we hear the Word of God, but don't obey it, we deceive ourselves, as James chapter 1 verse 22 points out. The Word of God is a book of truth, yet truth is always meant to be learned and applied. We're to read the Word of God and act like it's true because, of course, it is. We will not receive the blessing and benefits of the Word of God when we fail to obey and act on it. An example of a very fruitful way to put God's Word to work in our lives daily is by praying it, praying the Word of God on a daily basis. 
Here's an example of taking the Word of God and praying it. Here's um, a way to pray Psalm 91. Thank you, Lord, for all those we've, we've lifted up in prayer today. Thank you for all of these, our listeners. Lord, today we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and so we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Today I say of the Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress. Our God in you do we trust. Surely you deliver us from the fowler snare and from the noise and pestilence. You cover us with your feathers and under your wings do we trust. Your truth is our shield and buckler. And so we are not afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked. Because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the most high habitation, no evil will befall us, nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. For you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. They bear us up in their hands, lest we dash your foot against a stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. We trample underfoot. Because we have set our love upon you, therefore you deliver us. You set us on high because we have known your name. We call upon you and you answer us. You are with us in trouble. You deliver us and honor us. With long life you satisfy us and show us your salvation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, the praying of Psalm 91. We are called to be mighty warriors in the army of God. Our main weapon is the Word of God, also known as the sword of the Spirit. See Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. Let's be wise enough to take our sword, the powerful Word of God, into battle every single day. And let's be wise enough to use the Word of God strategically, skillfully, and aggressively. This is how we can walk in victory every single day. Again, the title of that article, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword. Thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity for us to read your word daily. Thank you for the opportunity to pray your word daily. And thank you, Lord, for how that your Holy Spirit teaches us to take the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and use it effectively to build your kingdom and tear the kingdom of darkness down, to be able to be both on offense and defense at the same time spiritually because your word is so effective at doing just that. Help us, Lord, to be believers that are diligently becoming more and more faithful in putting your word to work every single day of our lives and our lives. And help us, Lord, to be diligent in teaching and training our children to do the same. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession again today. We're looking at the topic, Teach My Hands to War. Again, drawing that topic from Psalm 144. And earlier we read Psalm 27. Let me say too, Psalm 27 is a very encouraging psalm to read often to both remind you of the strength and the power that is ours as we simply walk with God and walk in close relationship with God as well. So reading Psalm 27 often is a wise thing to do as well. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking at the topic again, Teach My Hands to War. Drawing drawing from Psalm 144. We'll be right back. strong 
things you do You're the beginning and the end You're the peace I find within You're a great God You are great You're a great God You are great You are strong and mighty Yeah, yeah No one can do a thing The beginning Music of Jennifer Meikle with Great God. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Teach My Hands to War, Drawing that phrase from Psalm 144. This time I want to share an an illustration story that helps to illustrate why it's so important for us to be well-equipped warriors and we as parents teach and train our children to be well-equipped warriors because as I may often say, our children have to step out on the same battlefield we as adults have to step out on as well. So I want you to listen to the story and again remember this. As we teach, disciple, and train and guide our children, they too can be better equipped. But on the other hand, the fact is when they're not adequately equipped, they too can be victims of the struggles and the battles that the devil brings against them as well. We're simply going to entitle this story Lexi's Story. Lexi was 16 years old and a junior in high school when she met Adam. Lexi lived at home with her parents and had an older sister who was in college. She was a Christian, had been raised in church, and tried to live a good life. She was one of those pretty girls who didn't know she was pretty. She had never had a real boyfriend before and was flattered when Adam started talking to her. Adam was 18, a senior in high school, and on the football team. His family went to church on Easter and Christmas, but he'd never made a commitment to Christ. He was smart and very good-looking, very good-looking. Lexi was surprised when Adam started talking to her. She didn't consider herself his type. She didn't consider herself pretty enough or popular enough for Adam, but she really enjoyed the attention he gave her. When Adam asked Lexi to go to a basketball game with her, she quickly said yes. She was a little irritated when her parents insisted on meeting him before the game, but she guessed she could understand. They didn't know his family, and it was her first real date. She had a great time with Adam that night. He was funny, easy to talk to, and very good-looking. She still couldn't quite believe that he liked her. They continued to date, and her parents allowed her to go out once a week, with a strict curfew at 11. Sometimes when she and Adam were together, he would say things that made her feel a little uncomfortable in one way, but made her feel pretty in another way. He would tell her how beautiful she was or how good a certain pair of jeans looked on her. One day, Adam was frustrated because he was having problems in one of his algebra classes. Math had always been easy for Lexi, so she offered to help him. They decided to study for a couple of hours after school once a week. Even though Lexi knew her parents would never approve, she allowed Adam to come over after school to study. Her parents were at work, and he would be gone by the time they got home. As long as she worked on her homework and had dinner started by the time her parents came home, her mom would never have to know. The first couple of times that Adam came over, they did exactly what they'd planned to do. They studied. 
just sitting beside him at the kitchen table made her heart beat faster. On the third afternoon that he came over to study, Adam was different. He started kissing her. They, they never opened a book to study that day. He came over the next afternoon, and they immediately started to get physical. Before she knew what had happened, Lexi had done something she never thought she would do. She didn't plan to have sex with Adam, but it just happened. She felt awful afterwards, but she knew she really loved him, so she justified that it was okay. They continued to have a sexual relationship, even though she knew it was wrong. Adam was just so hard to say no to. Besides the guilt she was feeling, she started worrying that her parents would find out that Adam was coming over in the afternoons. So she told him she told him that he would have to stop coming over. He didn't like it, but he stopped coming over. About that time, Lexi was at an overnight party with some of her friends. They'd stayed up late and planned to sleep the next day. But she woke up suddenly at 6, feeling horribly sick. She ran to the restroom, making it just in time before she got very, very ill. Her friend's mom heard her and got up to help and wondered if she'd eaten something the night before that made her sick. But Lexi continued to get sick in the morning for several days, and she started to get scared. She finally told her friend Anna that she was afraid that she might be pregnant. Anna was shocked but encouraged her to go to the local pregnancy clinic for a pregnancy test. Anna even went with her. Lexi sat in the waiting room feeling afraid, nervous, almost panicked, and very embarrassed. When the lady at the clinic told her that the test was positive, she felt like she might faint. Everyone was so loving and kind at the pregnancy clinic, but when she saw the tiny heartbeat on the sonogram, she was hit with the reality that it was all true. She was pregnant. Telling her mom and dad was the hardest thing she had ever done. Her dad cried, and it broke, broke Lexi's heart. Over the next several days, she and her mom fought a lot, Everyone was just so stressed out. She practiced how she would tell Adam. She just wanted him to tell her that they would get through this together and that he would support her. He didn't say anything at first when he found out, just was silent. Then he said, what are you going to do? No hugs, no support, no words like, we'll get through this together. He told her that he was sure her parents would pay for an abortion. She was shocked. An abortion, she started feeling that panic, panicky feeling again. The next weekend, she and her parents met with Adam and his parents to discuss everything. It was awful. It was almost like she was the bad girl and, Ad, and as if Adam had done nothing wrong. Adam's parents even asked how they could be sure it was Adam's baby. Lexi was stunned. She'd never had sex with anyone else, but the worst part was the look on Adam's face when his parents said that. He looked like he agreed with his parents. He didn't take up for her at all. Lexi never felt more alone in her whole life. She wanted to pray, but she was just too ashamed to even talk to God. The next weekend, after several sleepless nights, Lexi and her friend Anna drove out of state to an abortion clinic. She didn't believe in abortion, but she was desperate. She decided that she would tell her family and Adam's family that she miscarried and everything could go back to normal. Lexi felt like her heart was beating 200, 200 times a minute as she lay on the surgical table in the abortion clinic waiting for the abortion to begin. She just wanted everything to be over. She was alone except for a nurse who was working at the counter. Crying, Lexi finally whispered a prayer, Father, please forgive me. 
Suddenly, a thought flashed through her mind, words she had memorized in Sunday school many years ago. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Jeremiah 1, 5. At that moment, Lexi stopped crying. She sat, up, she sat up straight. She got off the table. The nurse said, wait, what are you doing? But Lexi didn't wait. She walked into the room where she had changed clothes and redressed. She found Anna, and together they left. On the drive home, Lexi decided that she would get through this somehow. She didn't know how, but she would. In June of that year, Lexi gave birth to a seven-pound baby boy, a beautiful little boy who was named Dylan. Her parents were there Her parents were there for the birth, and so was Anna. Adam was not. In fact, she hadn't heard from Adam in a while. He had graduated in May, and she heard he was headed to an out-of-state university. With her parents' help, she finished her senior year and graduated. It wasn't easy. She missed prom and a lot of the traditional things senior girls do, but she was okay. She renewed her faith in God and her commitment to Him. He got her through all of this. Sometimes when she would look in Dylan's sweet face, she would remember that she almost aborted him, but she thanked God that he intervened that day and that he would, he would walk with them and help them get through this and get through life together. Again, we simply call that story Lexi's story, but again, a powerful story that illustrates that, again, the fact is challenges and storms come to everyone in life, including our children and our grandchildren, our nephews, our nieces, young people. They're faced with the same battles and challenges of life that adults are as well. How important it is that we recognize that we equip our children with the word and the will of God. We teach our children basic truths. And just like the basic wisdom of the Ten Commandments, that's a good curriculum we're wise to teach our children to equip them for in life, amongst other things, teaching them that sex is for married men and women and for no one else. But even when they make mistakes and go down the wrong road, that, again, Abortion or murder is never the answer. Why? Because God's word is always the answer. And God's word clearly tells us one of the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. God's word equips us to do the right thing. It equips us to be fruitful and successful on the battlefield of life. And how important it is that we as parents are consistently and regularly teaching our children the word of God and teaching them to live the word of God. It's our job to help do all, to do our part to help each of our children come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then it's our job to help them to grow up in their faith and to become diligent students of God's Word, warriors on the battlefield of life so that they too can be equipped to hear God's Word and live God's Word. And part, of the, uh, part of that responsibility is for our kids to not only grow up in the Lord, but to be witnesses as well. Just like in the story, Lexi made a mistake. Now remember, Babies are not mistakes, but people make mistakes. But the fact is, thank God, she did decide to let the child live. And, of course, the beauty is that every child is a gift from God. Every child is a blessing. And so thank God she made the right decision. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you call us all to be warriors, that every day you're teaching and training us to be warriors on the battlefield of life who know your word and obey your word, warriors who are living a life of love, living a life of obedience, living a life walking in wisdom and in the counsel of your word and your will. Help us more and more to be discerning 
believers who are continually seeking to honor you in every area of life. Help us, Lord, to be bold, bright, shining witnesses. Help us to realize, Lord, that the greatest need in the life of every human being is to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord, anoint us afresh with the spirit of passion, that we would be passionate witnesses for Christ, telling people about Christ everywhere we go. Help us to be passionate about obeying your word, living your word out every single day as well. And help us to be passionate about discipling others, helping them to grow up, teaching them and encouraging them to give themselves to prayer, teaching and encouraging them to be diligent students of God's word, teaching and encouraging them to walk in love and compassion towards others in view of the fact that we live in a very tough world where everyone is fighting a hard battle. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you for how that every day you're teaching our hands to war. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you know for a fact that you have never given your life to Christ, you know that you're not saved or you're not sure where you stand, I'd like to invite you to pray and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord. Ask His forgiveness and commit your life. Place your life in His hands. If you would do that, would you simply, if you'd want to do that, would you simply pray this prayer with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that a long time ago you came into this world You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, by faith, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. The Word of God told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Help me to read the Word the Bible every day. Help me to obey your word every day. Help me to live a life full of prayer every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you today. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please do get in touch with us. Again, joseph at afr.net. Also, if you'd like to get a copy of the article that we shared, the article's title, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword, same email. Just email us and ask for that article. Joseph at AFR.net will be glad to share it with you. This article or any others you've heard on the broadcast, they all can be found on the AFA stand on the American Family Association website. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.